Imagine being a student at one of the best universities in America, UCLA, in the very demanding major of aerospace engineering. You're trying to balance school, work, family, athletic pursuits, and your social life, and succeed at a high level at everything you're doing. In the summer of 2020, you have an engineering internship that's virtually full-time, and you're trying to sell Cutco as well. But you're not just selling on the side. No, instead, you sell $133,000 for the summer, more than any other college student in the entire Cutco Vector Marketing sales organization. You're now a five-time All-American, twice number one, with over $411,000 in career sales. You've had a 10K fast start, a 20K push in your first summer, and you've served as an assistant manager on one of the top performing teams in the company. You've got a 3.5 GPA, and you're pursuing your dream of someday working for SpaceX and helping humanity get to Mars and beyond. Oh, you've also been training for your upcoming appearance on American Ninja Warrior. And you're not just showing up, you're there to win. Sound incredible? The person I just described to you is 20-year-old Ben Cooper of Cutco Vector Marketing's West LA team. In this conversation, Ben's manager, Kuval Patel, asks him about his success, his strategies, his habits, and his vision. Also guest hosting on this special episode is Oak Brook, Illinois District Manager, Sebastian Mishlevitz better known as Seabass. We hope you enjoy this conversation with Seabass, Kuvi, and Ben, and that you gain some great insights on how to become an incredible example of all-around success. Welcome to Changing Lives, Selling Knives. I'm your host, Dan Cassetta. There's a generation of entrepreneurs and business leaders out there right now who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills that they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from Cutco's most prominent alumni and current leaders. On this show, you'll meet successful entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, superstar business executives, and transformational leaders from many walks of life. All our guests will have two things in common. One, they're all changing lives today through their work and their influence. And two, they all started out selling Cutco knives when they were younger. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real world concepts for business and life. Through hearing real life stories and hands-on experiences, you'll gain insights that can help you in whatever it is that you do in life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's episode. All right, we're here with Ben Cooper, the number one college student representative in, in all of Cutco Vector North America uh, for the spring of 2021, summer of 2020, nationally known as one of the best virtual representatives in the entire company. Excited to say that Ben started in our West Los Angeles office back in the summer of 2018 as a recently graduated high school senior. But I'm excited to be here with Sebastian from Chicago. Sebastian, would you like to introduce yourself as well? Yeah, I'm Sebastian. I've been with the company now for eight years now, responsible for over $7 million in sales that I've trained people to sell Cutco on. And yeah, I'm from Chicago. I wanted to be on this 
interview with Kuvi and Ben to uh, pick his brain, also find out about his career and also what's uh, moving him forward as well. Great. And so this is Kubal Patel from West Los Angeles. And Ben, feel free to introduce yourself as well. Hi, my name is, well, Benjamin Cooper, but I, I go by Ben. I'm currently 20 years old from the Los Angeles area since I've been about one years old and I sell knives. That's fantastic. Ben, I know you're 20 years old now, going to be 21 this summer. Uh, been the number one representative in our West Los Angeles office basically since day one. You've been stand up from the very beginning. But I'd like to just take it back to before you started working with Cutco. You know, you're one of the you're one of my favorite people to be able to work with. Your work ethic's phenomenal. Your attitude, your energy is amazing. I consider you like a little brother to me. But I want to know a little bit more about your history, Ben, from before you started working with Cutco. Do you want to touch on what life was like pre-Cutco? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I grew up in uh, Hawthorne, California, kind of right next to Manhattan Beach, kind of right next to El Segundo. So it was like kind of like a mediocre neighborhood next to a bunch of really nice neighborhoods, which did kind of serve me very well in the in the later Cutco parts of it. But uh, for me, I grew up, I was a really, really small kid, even smaller than I am now. I'm not the, the biggest guy today. I'm like 5'9", but like when I was growing up, I was really small. So I played soccer. Um, AYSO was probably the biggest part of my life when I was much younger. And I was tiny. But they, they knew me as Benny the Brick Wall because I would just stand there and I would let these giant guys just run over me and give themselves yellow cards and free kicks. So I had that fire when I, when I was a little bit younger, but uh, I was, didn't have the, uh, let's say, the athleticism to back it up per se. Yeah, I, I was definitely a, uh, ended up being a little bit of a chubbier kid when I was in middle school until I started uh, swim team in eighth grade. My middle school was an interesting time for me. I didn't really enjoy middle school too much. I was very excited for high school and I thought I was going to be a swimmer. I was going to have such a great time with it. And then I found cross country and cross country, I'd say in high school really changed my life. I met coach Bolaños who ended up being a really important figure in my life, just in my personal growth, which from an introvert to an extrovert, from a a kid with, I mean, some work ethic to actually being able to apply it, really working on mindset as well. But I really met all my friends in cross country and I really kind of found how to be passionate about something through that. And in high school, that really served me really well. Ends up going from one of the slowest freshmen in El Segundo high school history to part of the first El Segundo boys cross country team to ever go to state finals. Although I was the seventh runner, still counts. It does still count, Ben. That's great. And tell us a little bit more about your family. I know that you have, I know in your goal sharing during your demo, you talk a little bit about your family and, and kind of how the combination of your mom and your dad led you to uh, Cutco Vector. Tell us a little bit more about that. And obviously your sister, Chloe, has been a rock star executive assistant for us in the office. Feel free to take it away. Yeah, it ended up being kind of hilarious, honestly, because I, I realized this like on one demo and I was, someone was asking me like, hey, what do your parents do? And I told them, they're like, hey, wait, isn't, aren't you doing like a combination? And I'm like, wait, you're right. So my mom's been in advertising sales since I was younger. I mean, today she's now in like different sales. She was in like, I'd say she was selling water filters for a long time and church Bolton ads, but mostly she's been in the magazine advertising sales for a long time. And my dad's been an executive chef for forever. He used to work at Universal Studios Hollywood. We used to go there all the time. We get free tickets like three times a year. It was incredible. I loved, I had so many birthday parties over there and it was so much fun. But yeah, so my, obviously my dad's a chef and my mom's in sales. So I used to say, put them together, you get me because I sell knives. So I always just thought that was hilarious. But I love my parents. Um, they definitely always kept me with a good head on my shoulders. They kind of wouldn't let me be an idiot <laughs> at times, I'd say. Like I'd say my dad always had a very level head on his shoulders. And my mom, I'd say, was a little bit more energetic like I was a little bit, I'd say. 
but they'd always like, cause I was always just a very talk, very fast, uh, do things without thinking. So they'd always be like, Ben, please calm down. So that was <laughs> probably one of their biggest influences for sure. I love it. And now you're going into your senior year next year at UCLA studying aerospace engineering, extremely challenging major at one of the best schools in the entire country. But Ben, let's take it back just a couple of years to, to July of 2018. You are, for the managers listening, you are an acceptance criteria PR of a PR of a PR of a mailer from the summer of 2018. And Ben, I'm sure you can kind of understand what part of that means, but how did you initially hear about the job? Yeah. So I was, uh, my first summer or the summer after I graduated from high school, I was searching for a job because I kind of knew I was going to pay for college mostly on my own at that point. Just that's what part of the reason I actually chose UCLA was in part due to the cost. And of course, being it, it being an incredible school, but yeah, so I searched for, um, a few different jobs and I applied to be a host at a lot of restaurants and just received zero responses for interviews. And finally, I got a text one day from a random number that had a picture of Nolan Young on it, a good friend of mine, well, a decent friend of mine. And we'd, we'd pretty much known each other for four years at that point, been in a lot of clubs together. And it said he'd recommended me for a job. And like about a month ago, I was kind of almost scammed into a tutoring job to like where they like try to say, hey, pay this check and we'll send you more money later. I almost got scammed with that. So I was really sketched out at first, but I texted him. I said, hey, Nolan, did you recommend me for a job? And he goes, yep, that was it. And I was like, all right, let's give it a, let's give it a go. And it didn't help. It definitely helped as well that another friend of mine, uh, his name is Shreneal was also at the interview with me too. So I thought that was just kind of like, oh, okay, this is probably legit. This is cool. So it's kind of how I ended up getting there. I love it. And now obviously three years into it, as, as I'll let Bass dive into kind of how you got started in the actual position. Tell me now in you know three years out, almost your three year anniversary, how did you transition from that person who was skeptical at first looking for a job to now being one of the top reps in the entire company in the nation in the history of the company as well? What do your habits today look like on either a daily, weekly, or monthly basis to contribute to your all around success? Yeah, I got to give you a lot of credit, Gooby. When I first started, I mean, I definitely had the raw work ethic to like go really hard at selling Cutco but you really gave me the belief that I, that I could do it and could do just about anything without setting limits for myself. I always had limiting beliefs like, oh, I couldn't do this. I had to set this goal. I couldn't set an even higher goal because this is what I can achieve. And with Kubi, when I, when I was getting into the business, it was always like, yeah, you can do this. Yeah, you should do this. And it was always just insane goals that I didn't realize were that big at the time, but looking back were just absolutely enormous. Going after a 10K fast start and then a 20K push my first summer, which both of them I did. Looking back, I'm like, how did I do that my first summer? That was crazy. But I'd say, yeah, so the habits I definitely built today due to a lot of that was first and foremost, the belief that I can do just about any goal I set my mind to. And that has definitely been a habit that has helped me in almost any aspect in life. Because it's kind of transitioned myself from the, the or mindset thinking like, oh, I can do this or this to the mindset of how can I do this and this and this and just do everything I want to do. Another thing that really helped me was Kubi kind of recommending me to get a planner. And I've been using a passion planner ever since to plan out pretty much my entire life, not just Cutco, but the time I spend with my girlfriend, my friends, my schoolwork, when I have tests, exams, going on trips, it's all in my passion planner so I can really maximize my day. And finally, just really focusing on, on the whys. I'm, I'm really a true believer that people do whatever they want to do in life because of their why. And if their why isn't strong enough, they're not going to achieve their goals. So for me, really focusing on my why and just about everything I do has also helped me be successful in a lot of different aspects. 
happens. That's great, Ben. And I'm going to let Bass dive into to how you figure out your why, what your why's are now. But I want to quick touch on that. Having an important, having a mentor is, is very important for anybody. Ben, I think back to your first summer, I want to say I picked you up and drove you to a handful of your demos. And, and that was really great to help shift the mindset that you had and you know help you condition yourself to hearing no on demos, even though you already kind of knew how to do that. Having a manager or a mentor in place for anybody that's young, new to anything is one of the most important parts to see continued success. Then when people look at you, they see your name and a very large sales number next to it, but that's all they see. They don't see everything else that you have your hands in. They don't see everything else that you're working towards now, in addition to what you're up to. So, I mean, add on to this when I'm finished, but I know that you're a full-time student at UCLA studying aerospace engineering. You were on American Ninja Warrior this last season, and you spent the last two and a half years training, bulking, uh, damn near six, probably six plus hours a week at different gyms, rock climbing, maybe even more. You're part of the intramural team or, or some club team at UCLA for cross country for climbing. You're also the treasurer for your frat on campus at UCLA. You live at the frat house. You've had a girlfriend for, I think, over a year now or almost close to a year. And you also have an amazing family life. Is there anything else that you have your hands in that I missed? I think you pretty much covered it all. Running, I mean, running, rock climbing, my girlfriend, Ninja Warrior, and aerospace engineering are just really the things that I saw that like I really wanted to be a part of. And sure, there's other organizations that I probably could dip my hands in. But I kind of decided like these are my priorities and I really want to give it my all to those. That's great. One thing that I know I missed for sure was last year during the summer when you had your 130K summer campaign, you were also in a full-time engineering internship. Yeah, yeah, that was... I honestly, looking back, I really still not sure how I did that. I'm going to be completely honest, but I was working about 35 hours a week, 30 hours a week. This summer, I'm probably going to be working a little bit less, maybe about the same in another engineering internship. So I just, I love that, like that summer really opened my eyes. I'd say a lot. And I'll definitely speak to that a little bit more in uh, in a bit. Awesome. And Bass, I know you prepared a series of questions. Feel free to take it away from here. So from what it sounds like so far, it's been a good start, good middle part, and then you're, you're just doing better and better. Tell us a little bit about, I know before when we chatted, you said there was a, a period of time where you weren't succeeding to the level you are now. I believe it was throughout the first semester in school, maybe the first year. Can you tell us a little bit about what happened there and when that shift happened to really get you to have the mindset of where you're at right now? You're referring to inside the business, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So definitely for me, after my first summer, I wasn't planning on selling during the school year, although Kubi really tried to pitch me on that very, very hard. And I gave it a, kind of, I gave it a little bit of a shot. I don't really think I gave it much of a shot. Because for me, I was like, I'm a freshman at UCLA. I want to go party all the time. I want to do this. I want to meet a lot of friends. And looking back on it, I don't regret it too much because it was an incredible experience that I'm really glad I got to have. But I do wish that I was kind of more focused on the and and did a little bit of Cutco on the side just so I wasn't didn't have this problem that did occur my second summer. So I came back after my second summer. I sold a little bit in the winter break beforehand. And I legitimately had no one to call. I wasn't great at referrals at the time. And I'm just looking at my list and I'm calling like, I have like 30 people left to call and not a single one of them has answered the phone after calling them like three or four times. I've texted them, I've left voicemails, nothing. So I'm like, looking at this, like I need this Cutco thing to work or I have no way to pay for school. So I really had to deep dive and I started just begging my mom for introductions because my mom was so hesitant to give me introductions at first because she was like, I don't want you selling my friends. And I'm like, mom, it's not like that. I just need introductions. I swear. She finally gives me the one. 
that one person buys two items, gives me two introductions. One of those introductions buys a small set and gives me five introductions. And one of those introductions buys a $2,000 signature set and gives me 20 introductions. And I was going. But I, I was really struggling for a while because I, that really got like set me back for my first my second summer. My goal was to sell sixty thousand dollars to get in the top ten. But toward the end of the uh, the scholarship race, I was just struggling to actually get a scholarship. And I don't think I really worked as hard as I could have. And at the end of the summer, that kind of showed because the universe works in mysterious ways, and I missed the scholarship by fifty dollars. And that was really a. Uh, I was pretty, I, w- I wouldn't say I was really sad about it because I still had a pretty decent summer, but I was really like a little bit angry at myself. I said, well, how could I let this happen? I'm never going to let this happen again. And then that's when I ended up getting my first mentor as recommended by Kuvi, Matt Foss, who another great college student, one of the greatest of all time, who really played a large part in my success later. Awesome. So struggled throughout the semesters, didn't really sell much and then struggled through that summer. And then after that, has it just been straight uphill from there. Tell us a little bit about throughout that school year. I know Kuvi said a little bit about your number two and number three. What shifted after that besides the mentor? And like, what's what's the like, why now besides paying for school? Why why do you want to be the, the all-time greatest? Like, what's the passion? What's the purpose behind all this now? Yeah. So I would say that it wasn't actually that easy of a road after that still. Um, I went into the fall saying, I'm going to sell during the school year. I was with Matt Foss. And I really was trying my best to sell during the school year. But it wasn't going very well. After the summer, I ended up with like $6,000, $8,000 in returns for another reason that we don't need to get into too much. But it was basically just me overselling a little bit. But I got, I was really set off really behind as I went into this, the school year because I was like $6,000 behind. And just trying to dig myself out of that negative was like, was really tough. And it was hard to motivate myself because like I really wasn't making any money, which is kind of tough. And granted, with that, I was like having like, I had like a negative month with Matt. And then I had like a $2,000 month. And then I had like a $3,000 month. And I didn't realize this, but like, really, he came up to me after the end of the campaign and said, Ben, like, I almost was going to kick you out of my coaching group. Because like, you just weren't performing at all. I don't want to take this much of your paycheck if you're not going to be going for it. But another thing that was happening is I was really struggling emotionally as well. There's a lot of aspects in my life I didn't feel were going very well. And one thing that Matt really taught me is how to really apply the things I've learned in Cutco to every aspect of my life. And it really set goals and work hard for things like personal relationships, for things like happiness, for things like just having a, a, a state of mind that's, that's good and being able to exercise appropriately for all of my goals. He really taught me how to plan for everything. And I ended up having a, a big December where I sold about $12,000. And I still missed a scholarship, but I was feeling a lot better. I was feeling a lot more confident that even though it was mostly when I wasn't in school that I could do this thing. So going into spring, I was like, we are winning a scholarship. There is no way I am not winning a scholarship. And my goal was I wanted to get the top 10. And I was like, I could achieve that goal. And uh, it's still my password to actually, I'm not going to say that uh, too much, but my goal was to sell $30,000 because I thought that would get me a top 10 spot. And going into April, I think I was in the 24th or 25th spot with my good friend, Loik, who was also in our office at the time. And then COVID hit and everything went virtual. And I feel like everyone else in the All-American race just gave up. I feel like no one continued selling. And I was like, you know what? I have nothing else to do right now. I am sitting at home. Why don't I just do like 15 appointments a week? And I ended up going into the last week. I was the number one ranked All-American. My goal was to get the top 10. I wasn't planning to go for number one, but I got to that spot and I was like, how could I not? 
And I didn't, I don't think I even raced. I, but again, I, I kind of got a little bit overconfident. I was like, Oh, I got this. Nobody else is selling right now. And I didn't really know how to go big the last week. So I sold another 8k, which was good. I had like a 5k lead, but this guy, Michael Oliverio from Virginia sells 17,000 in one week. I'm like, I've never done that before. How the heck did he do that? And just killed me. And that guy got the number two spot afterwards. I immediately Kubi, this was Kubi's idea. I gave him a lot of credit for this as well. As I sent him a Facebook message, like, Hey man, congratulations on that, on that big week. And I asked him how we did it. And it was really, he didn't do it really any demos. It was all on marketing, which was, I was crazy because I wasn't doing any of that to that point. So I thought that was fascinating too. And then from there, obviously I had my, my big summer where I sold 130 K and that was just because of the fact that like, I was so motivated from that point that I was, I said, I have to go for number one this summer. There is no way I'm losing number one again. So that summer was a little bit crazy. We can go into that a little bit more as another question relates to that though. Yeah, Ben, as we move into the summer that I'll let Bass tackle here, I just want to kind of extrapolate on a couple of those points that, that you brought up. And I think it's very important for, for the manager perspective of this to, to know that ever since you started, Ben, like I said at the beginning, I've considered you somebody very, very close to me just because of the amount of time that we've spent together, not even when it comes to the business. I remember your first semester quarter in college, we were just talking to talk. It wasn't to try to get you to sell. We got you to Olean, obviously, and that was very special for you, a great time for you. But it was mainly just keeping you involved with everything that we possibly could in the office. And from a manager point of view, that was an amazing thing to keep you around like that. So you still had the, the friends in the business, like Loic, right, who won a scholarship that semester when he was in college. And then I think moving into your first, the, the first year that you sold Cutco full time in college, the next year, when I was able to connect you with Matt and, you know, there's comes a point with every manager that I could not be at the highest value to you because you were better than, than I was at that moment in time. So I needed to connect you with somebody who was a more, a more better fit for mentoring to help you elevate to that next level. And I think that was really where I saw your mindset shift, your determination level shift. And I think that COVID was the perfect storm for, for you to accelerate and really capitalize on everything that you had going on. And I remember before you probably done what, maybe a dozen or 15 virtual demos previous to the COVID. You're right on that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you were, you, you were always, you've always been a great rep, but there was never any real standout results on virtual demos from a sales perspective or a recommendations perspective. And I think you being able to do those 15 demos a week when actually translated out, that's two hours of work a day, maybe three hours of work a day when you average out the phone time too, very part-time as you started this virtual, navigating the virtual world, you really capitalized and took it on yourself to, to get good. And that's really where your growth has started. I was looking at your quantums, Ben, you haven't had a week under $3,000 in sales since December of last year. Really? That's yep. crazy. Yep. You're on a big streak here. And Bass, so that, that brings us to Ben's 2020 summer. If you would like to touch on that or anything previous to 2020 summer. Yeah. So that 130K summer, obviously number one, what's continuously driving that why? Like, what is that why now? And what are you doing to level up your skills with internships, with having a pretty tough major right now? Can you give us some perspective on the whys, the skills, and even how much that you're currently working throughout the school semesters as well? Yeah. So, I mean, for COVID, I mean, I kind of, people looked at COVID in a lot of different ways. And I thought most people looked at COVID and said, damn, this is going to ruin my life. This is, this is really going to put a fork in everything that I want to do. Like I can't go to concerts. I can't go on trips. I can't see my friends. I can't have fun. And I looked at COVID and said, I can't do this 
So I must do that. I kind of live my life by an efficient mindset. Like I must do everything I can do as efficiently as possible. I do not like wasting time. So when I saw that, literally, I'm just sitting at home. Yeah, I have school, but I don't have to go into class anymore. I don't have to walk to class. I can do everything from home. I don't have to, I, I can't hang out with my friends. So why not use that time to just work my absolute butt off? And during the, um, during the summer, I mean, I was working between my two jobs, probably about like 60 to 70 hours a week. So I, again, literally had nothing else to do. At the moment, I'd say I, I was currently working, um, let's say I'm averaging about 13 presentations a week. So I'm probably working about 16, 17 hours a week right now, which I mean, basically the time I would be spending going to parties and work doing stuff with my fraternity. But since we're not doing any of that stuff, I said, why not use that time that I would have used to work? Now, speaking to that last summer, so that last summer, I had a 35-hour-a-week internship, and I wasn't doing too much with that internship. It definitely was good to have on the resume, but I didn't feel I did a lot of important work. However, I did have to clock in, clock out, so there was no way I could really do cut code during that time. But my goal was really, let's talk about the motivation behind that goal during that summer, I would say was, I have never been the best at just about anything I did. So I look back in life, and like I was almost the worst at almost everything I did. <laughs> I was one of the worst runners at the beginning. I was one of the worst soccer players. I was tiny. I was always overlooked. I was like, oh, it's Ben. He's that nerdy kid, that smart kid in high school. And I'm like, all right, cool. But like, no one ever looked at me as like being the best as well. Even at, at like being, having good grades. It was like, oh yeah, like Ben has good grades, but like he's this kid and this kid are smarter, even though we're in the same classes, getting the same grades, doing the same thing. And that always bothered me. And when I found Cutco, and I saw that like I really had the opportunity to be the best at this. And I really realized that when I got that number two All-American I talked about earlier. And I said, like, there is no way I am not going to get number one this campaign. And I talked to Kuvi before the summer. I'm like, Kuvi, what do you think it's going to take to get number one? And he goes, yeah, well, Kyle Lopes graduated. So probably just like 80,000. I'm like, there's no way. Let's go for 100. And he's like, nah, I really think it's going to be 80. And I'm like, yeah, well, we'll go for 100 anyway. So I'm, I'm pretty much on pace for 100 because I, I obviously was selling during the school year. So I actually sold in May, sold in June, which I didn't do in previous summers. So that put me on a really good track. But I went into August at 70, I think about $62,000. And I'm in eighth place. I'm looking at this, like there's this girl, Adriana from San Juan who goes to MIT, which a school that I got into that I got rejected, or I, I did not get into, I got rejected from. And she's already at 100,000. And I'm like, what in the world? What is going on this summer? And I was like, there is, I made a choice right there. I said, there is no way I am not getting number one. So I decided to work my absolute butt off. I told my manager of my, uh, of my internship that I was going to work 30 hours a week instead of 35, just to get a little bit more time. And I went into SC2 push trying to sell 30K, ended up selling 25. And from that point on, I had my biggest week ever week after week after week in August. My biggest week before then was, I believe, about 10,500. I believe that's, Kuvi can correct me if I'm wrong. My first week in August, I think I sold 10,900. My second week in August, I sold 12,500. My third week in August, I sold 16,000, I think 16 or 17,000. And in my final week, I was at 100K. And I was like, I need to get to 130 to win. That's what I told myself. I looked, at, I looked at the standings and I said, she's not going to sell more than this. I need to get to 130. And I, I told, so Jay Brad texted me, our, our, my division manager. He goes, Ben, uh, what are you going to do this last week? And have another 15K week? I said, no, Jay Brad, I'm going to sell $30,000 this week. 
And I told Kubi, I'm going to sell $30,000 this week. And honestly, I don't know if any of those guys really thought I was going to do it in all honesty, because like that was kind of insane. And going into the week, I ended up actually picking up a mentor like about a, the last week, I want to say. And Rob Brandt might have saved me at the end. So he really taught me how to use how to use texting and email marketing to really help get those last second orders. And yes, I was working my butt off, but I wasn't really... I did a lot of demos, but if I were to run the numbers, I did not do enough demos to hit that goal. It wasn't even close. Probably about a third as much. But the universe just kind of aligned. And I think I sold about $10,000 before the weekend starts. And then in Saturday and Sunday, I sold another $10,000 off one order that was like $3,000, another order that was $3,000. And it was just a crazy weekend. But I'm going into the last day and I still need another $10,000 to hit 30. And I tell Kuvi, I'm going to hit 30. And the next morning, I wake up and I get a text from every single person in our office that I know saying, Ben, you got this. Ben, you got this. Ben, you got this from literally the entire division. And I don't know what happened, but I did about seven demos that last day. I had two people that said they were going to buy phone orders from me. And I called them probably 10 total times that day. One of them bought an ultimate set. And the last person, I think it was like 10.30 in the, at night, the 10th time I called them, they go, Ben, you are freaking persistent. And I'm like, we are so close to the goal right now, Shelly. Please, please. Like, what do you need? And she ended up, I ended up getting her buy three, get one free on gifts. She didn't even need the gifts, honestly. She had literally like $5,000 of Cutco. And she just bought them that like, she wanted some more for some reason. And like she, she, most of the gift sets were for herself. But I think just because how much I was going for that goal, really was just like part of that. And that big reason why she really wanted to help me. So the next day I wake up, I hit the $30,000 and I checked the standings and Adriana sold just about the same to tie me. And the crazy thing about that was I looked at the standings about a week later and her total actually went down about 3000. So she must've had like a canceled order or something. I didn't need to work that hard, but I was still going for it. And the even crazier thing is we find out a couple weeks later, she wasn't even a college student in the fall. I did all that work to beat her and it didn't even matter. I didn't need to work as hard as I did, but the person that I became after working that hard was so worth it. And I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world, but it was just crazy that I worked so hard to beat this person to go for number one that I ended up winning the scholarship contest by like $25,000. And Ben, that sets you up on a path now of just absolute dominance and terror. I think about what one you that's, let's say she was a student, but one of you that scholarship was email marketing, text marketing, which is how Mike beat you the very first campaign. I yeah. remember that call. I was driving back from Arizona and he said, Kafal, you checked the standings yet? So this kid, Mike, sold 17 grand. And the first thing that we had to do was message him with congratulations and ask him how. That's amazing. I think one big takeaway that I got from that, but that's the miracle equation, Ben, where you put in the time and the effort and the energy and everything conspires to help you get there, but it's not magic. It's, it's the work that you put into it. Yeah, I totally agree. And that definitely that summer really opened my eyes and really cemented the belief that literally no matter what I want to do, if I set my mind to it, I will do it. And since then, I feel like that's applied to almost everything I've been doing in life. And I feel like I've been so much more successful in every part of my life because of that summer. Awesome. Yeah, definitely a, a couple of takeaways, not only reaching out for help, getting mentors, but having a team to support you, having a mentor, multiple mentors pushing you and constantly adding value to you as well. But nice job. And then, so that summer working a lot, going after a massive goal, massive month, 
how is that possible? Like, what would you say are like a couple of things that you made sure that you mastered as a representative to make sure that you were getting average orders that were pretty big? And also I, I assume a, a pretty solid closing ratio too. Like what would you say that you, you felt like you mastered that summer that just helped you now moving forward? Yeah, I'd say my, my closing percentage has not really ever been insane, especially on virtual demos where it's a little bit lower than it is normally. But my average order has definitely always been a little bit higher than I think the average rep. And for me, I think it's for a few reasons. I think A, it's because I think I'm the best person that in the company at sharing their goals. I think I do a really good job of tying my customers into what I'm trying to achieve and really like showing them like, and like really, I don't even call it sharing my goals. I call it shaping my story. My goal with my goal sharing is to really get them invested in me. And when they're invested in me, they're so much more open to buying something and like when they're and buying more and like, if they like it and they think they're going to get it eventually, they're going to buy it for me right there because they really want to help me hit my goals. And that's definitely been a big thing. A second thing is I'm just so freaking excited about Cutco that I build so much value. I sell so many sets and so many big orders without objections because of how much value I really build in Cutco and how much I really like to say, like, this stuff's incredible, Mrs. Jones. Like, like that is my basically my attitude throughout the presentation. Like, Mrs. Jones, this double D edge doesn't hit the cutting board. Like, Mrs. Jones, you realize you never have to sharpen or hone your knives ever again. Wouldn't that be crazy? Like that kind of attitude throughout the presentation really gets them excited for Cutco as well. Cause and this and the last thing, for, especially for virtual demos, is building social proof. When you can't get the knife in their hands, it's a completely different ball game. So the focus really shifts from like getting the knife in their hand and then feeling the cut and how insane it is to being like, Mrs. Jones, all your friends own it. Like this person owns it, this person, this, this person, this person has this set, this set, this set. And then realizing that everyone has it, they're like, huh, well, I guess maybe I might want this stuff too. And that's definitely been the three biggest things I think that have really led to my success, especially virtually. Awesome. So yeah, shaping your story, why you do something, not only belief in yourself to do it, but also sharing with others, conviction in the product, social proof, people want what other people have as well. That was awesome. How much are you like working throughout the the school semester? Like how many appointments are you doing throughout the school semester? How often are you making calls? Like what does that all look like on a daily basis or weekly basis? Yeah. So I would say I'm I'm working about 13, I'd, I'd say I average about 13 presentations a week. And that is just in total, like including like vacations and stuff like that. If we were to average it out over the course of a campaign, around 12 or 13. So considering my presentations take about an hour and a half, you're probably talking about 20 to 25 hours a week working, which is basically just working part-time. And it's just great because like I don't have to actually drive to work. I don't have to like drive back. I don't have to deal with the LA traffic and going to these appointments. Going online has just made it so much more efficient, which has been great. And what advice would you give someone that's selling around classes because you're not working a lot. However, you are being efficient with not only your time, but also I assume the quality of clients that you have or that you are receiving from other clients from how you're sharing your goals, how you're sharing your story and all that. So tell us a little bit about those two things. So the first thing you said was advice. What was the second thing you wanted me to say? Advice for someone selling in school, I guess two parts, not only like selling in school, but also upgrading maybe their lead base or continuously getting a lot more traction with that aspect. Gotcha. Okay. So I think the biggest advice I'd give to someone who's selling during the school year is that it's worth it. Like it really is. Like the main reason why people don't sell during the school year that don't like believe in the power of and and not the power of or 
is the fact that they'd rather do other things. They'd rather spend more time on their studies or sleep more or hang out with friends, or maybe it's all the above put together. But selling during the school year is worth it. And it's worth it because you're going to become such a better person. You're going to grow up so quickly. And you're really going to learn like what it takes to be successful, not only in Cutco, but also just in life. Being able to manage all your responsibilities and be successful in all of them at the same time is just a, a trait that is going to serve you so well. And it's going to make sure no matter what you're doing in life, that you know how to adapt to different situations, which is incredible. And uh, to answer your second question, I would say the biggest thing to really improve your presentations and to improve yourself in the business is A, really focus on networking. Get into good networks. Uh, really focus on getting into towns and areas. No matter, I'm doing virtual demos across the country, but no matter where you're doing presentations, do your research. Find the wealthiest towns and private schools and areas around there and do presentations there. I'm not saying every rich person is going to buy like $3,000 a Cutco, but you know what? Price is not going to be an objection or it's less likely to be an objection. And when you're seeing more baller people, you have such a greater chance of selling like a thousand business gifts or selling realtor gifts or selling a whole Cutco kitchen, which is the knives, the cookware, the flatware and all, all that. So that's a big part of it. And to get those recommendations, again, the social proof is huge. I share a Google document with everyone I talk to and I show like my 1500 referrals I have for the last year and all these tens and twenties and tens. And I'm like, yeah, so Mrs. Jones, who do you know? And she's looking at that like, oh my God, all my friends gave him 10 introductions. So I have to give him at least 10 introductions. So definitely referrals is everything. Like if you can't get introductions, that is the quickest way in and out of the business. People don't quit Cutco because they have bad weeks. People quit Cutco because they think they have no one to call. And if we're going to be real, that's really never the case. However, that belief is the biggest reason why. That kind of leads me to my, my next question, pretty much my final question. What's one myth, one common myth about selling Cutco or, or even the field of, of actor marketing that you want to debunk? I'd say the biggest myth that I'd want to debunk is the belief that once you sell to all your friends and family, you're done. You're out of the business. There's nothing else you can do. That the goal of Cutco is to recruit kids and make money off them by selling to all their friends and family and use them that way. That's never been the goal. And people go into the business thinking, because we're college kids, we've never been in the world of sales. We don't understand how referrals and building a business works. But every single person that builds a company, that builds a business, the first people they get to buy their product and to be a part of their organization is their friends and is their family. If they're starting to sell stuff, they start, start off with those people and they build their network from there. They get recommendations and they go from there. This work, It's like that in every single business, not just Cutco. And that's really important to realize. The goal of your first like week, your first couple of weeks, isn't to sell a bunch of knives. Like, Sure, that's great. But it's to really get used to Cutco and to learn how to get introductions. Because if you can't get introductions with your friends and family, how are you supposed to get introductions from strangers? And by introductions, I, of course, mean recommendations. However, I like to call them introductions personal. And there's no way to get recommend if you if you're not strong with recommendations, yeah. I mean, at that point, if you're not strong with recommendations, you get no recommendations from your friends and family. Sure, maybe you're done. But that is only with the limiting mindset. So if you can actually finish that mindset, like, hey, this is something I can do in the long term if I really work at it, and it's not just to sell my friends and family and get taken advantage of. That's not the goal of Cutco. I think that's basically the biggest myth I'd like to debunk. That's awesome, and, and Benny, I know that when you first started. Your family was 
was rather <laughs> open about them not wanting you to to sell to friends, family. I remember in day two training, you were still you know seventeen. We had to have your mom sign off on your parent contract. You had to beg your dad to sign that parent contract because your mom wouldn't sign it. I couldn't let you leave the office with the sample kit if you didn't get that parent contract signed. Didn't get any recommendations from your mom until your second summer where she gave you one lead. How did you get started? Because I feel like people are going to think like, oh, he just has a bunch of friends and family that he got started with. But that is the exact opposite of how you got started. No, it's it's not at all. So yeah, so basically my, my parents, when I told them like, yeah, I'm going to be selling knives. They're like, Ben, what? It's like, why don't you get a real job? And I said, no, like guys, like seriously, like this, I can pay my way through college doing this. I'm like, Ben, like, I don't think it's going to work out, man. I, you really should get a job at like a restaurant or something. And like, are you sure this is not a scam? And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure this is not a scam. And they come in there and they, when my mom comes to sign the form, she asks for Kuval's uh, like business number or is like, I forget what it was. And Kuval gives them this plaque where the business number actually isn't verified yet, but it would have been in like a couple of months. And of course my mom doesn't actually look it up, but I finally am like, dad, just, if this is a mistake, let me make this mistake. Let me do it. Let, let me make this mistake. Cause there's no other way it's going to be a mistake unless I make it. And I finally got him to just be like, all right, do whatever you want. We're not going to help you, but you can go for it. And I hit the ground running. And one of my first presentations was my aunt and uncle, who I know love to cook and have a pretty nice house. My uncle's an acupuncturist. He has like two practices. And I go over there and I, they, they're like, they want steak knives. And like, well, if we want 12 steak knives, we should just get this set. And I sell my first big set to my aunt and uncle. And then I didn't even try and sell my grandma and grandpa, but they literally call me in my first 10 days. and like, Hey Ben, when are you coming to give us a presentation? I'm like, Oh, okay. And they knew from the get go, they were going to buy a set for me, which was crazy because they really wanted to support me and which was incredible. But most of my, my presentations for my first 10 days was me being like, I don't really have a lot of like family friends to call. So I just called every single friend I had and asked for their parents' number every single one of them, all my cross country friends. And I'd say 95% of it, 5% of them said, sure, go for it. And I did most of my presentations for them. And I really, the ones I thought would buy a bunch of stuff, didn't really buy a bunch of stuff. And the ones I didn't expect to did. So it was kind of crazy. I remember your first demo, Ben, uh, you called me from the car on your way home or as you were getting back into your car, I think it was your mom's car to drive back this different demo to you back to home right after training. He called me from your number one person. He said, Caval, they didn't get anything. And then the mom comes out of the house. The oh my God. Yes. Okay. Sorry about that. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. But um, no, so it was crazy. So I got out of the house and the mom didn't actually come out because the mom expressed interest in the garden set, but didn't want to buy it because she was actually not the, the decision maker in the household, which I did not. It's not something I thought of when I first started the business. It was the dad and the dad didn't watch the presentation. But I'm, I'm still close with my friend's dad. And he comes out afterwards with his daughter, Claire, who I'm also friends with. I'm more, I'm more friends with the son. And they're like, Ben, how much is that, that garden tool set? We want to get that for her as a gift. And my first sale came in my car as I was sitting there for 10 minutes after I finished calling Kuvi. And if I wasn't, I might not have still been there. But I was still there because I called Kuvi and because I was figuring out what I was going to do next. And they knocked on my window. And that's how I ended up with my first sale, which was a garden tool set, which was crazy. Was it, was it a set or was it an individual trowel? No, it was the whole set. It was, it was the, it was the bag one. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Well, Ben, that's, that's great. As we start to, to wind down here, I want you to brag a little bit, man. Like you are, you are the man people consider you to be like the number one, right? Cause that's exactly who you are. You're the number one at Cutco. What did last summer and this year, kind of what you've built so far, help you achieve 
personally, professionally, and financially. Yeah, I think Cutco has really made me a better person in every way, shape, or form. I think first and foremost, this really taught me how to really, I feel like I used to be a very selfish person. I still am a little bit, but I think really Cutco gave me the opportunities to really think about people's emotions and really try not to do things just for myself and try to try to be a better person for others. I think that was something that Cutco has definitely helped me with quite a bit. But I think also it's really helped me like achieve every goal that I've wanted to. And in being a better person, I mean, I, I told my mentor, uh, Matt Foss, that one of my goals was to build a personal relationship and to get, have a girlfriend. That's something I actually had never done until that point in college. Like I'm the girlfriend I'm dating right now is the first one I've ever dated. And lo and behold, the next semester, our next quarter, I embodied that and ended up meeting my girlfriend. And we've been dating ever since, which has been an amazing part of my life. And then it's also helped me achieve an American Ninja Warrior. One thing that I, I guess I've gotten from Cutco is no matter what the goal is, you have to try. And I've been in LA. So obviously LA has been shut down because of COVID. So there's been no gyms open for the last year. And that didn't stop me from doing push-ups and pull-ups and core and running for the last year to make sure I stayed in shape. But when the American Ninja Warrior application came out and I'm like, what the heck's the point in applying? Like, there's no reason to apply like this. I, I haven't trained for a year. There's no way they're going to pick me. And there's going to be less competitors because I actually got on the previous year as a walk-on. I was a random lottery pick. And that was one of the best days in my life until middle of COVID. They said, yeah, you're not going to be on the show this year. We're kicking off all the walk-ons. And that was a really sad time for me. But I literally was telling my friends, I'm sitting down with them like, guys, I don't know if I'm going to apply this year. And they're like, Ben, what the heck? How could you not apply? You have to at least try. And I really thought about that. And I'm like, they're right. So at the last day that I could film my video, I made my video. I used most of my same application from the year beforehand and I submitted my application. And again, I was, that was like, there's no way they're going to pick me. And I, on the first day that they're making calls out to tell people they got on the show, I see all these posts on Instagram and I'm like, oh, that's great for them. Great for him. And I'm like, wouldn't it be cool if I got the call? Yeah, there's no way. And I get a phone call and I'm like, oh, it's probably another spam call. Answer it. And they're like, is this Ben Cooper? And I'm like, yeah. They're like, well, this is Peter Zalinga with American Ninja Warrior. And my jaw dropped the freaking floor. I was just in utter shock because I really thought my video was terrible. My application was terrible. But this was just me like self-deprecating. And I look back on it. And it was actually a pretty decent application. And I was just absolutely shocked. And I ended up competing this year. I can't say how I did yet as it hasn't aired on TV yet. But um, on May 31st, 2021. You can see if I'm on the show, hopefully I still am. I did compete. We'll see if I'm actually on the TV. I should be on there. So that's been a big part as well. And yeah, it's made me, I mean, it's helped me with running. It's helped me with rock climbing, which I think, and it's, I definitely have been having the best GPAs I've ever had starting with COVID as well. So that's also been a big thing too. Yeah. So let's talk about professionally. I know your customers are tied into you, your story. I know you have people going to bat for you to get you internships in aerospace. You have customers that work at Tesla, SpaceX, just to name a couple can you tell me more a little bit about what your customer base, what your time with Cutco has helped you achieve professionally inside, but also on your path to get to Mars? Yeah. So my goal has always been to be a part of the mission to bring humanity to Mars and beyond. And that might've been slightly inspired by Elon Musk, of course, but I really have always wanted to be a part of something that changes the world forever. And for me, that was my thing. I didn't really care how I was a part of that mission, but I wanted to be a part of it. And I've, I've made it my mission with Cutco is to build the biggest network and engineering I possibly could. 
So I ask pretty much everyone I meet if they know engineers, if they know engineers in aerospace, if they know anyone at SpaceX, NASA, JPL, Virgin Galactic, Rocket Lab, all the companies that I could see myself working for in the future. I've really built a nice network of people that really haven't helped me get internships yet, although a customer of mine who ends up being a neighbor of mine helped me get this internship this summer. But I have a feeling will help me get a job postgraduate because I've really built a following of, of people that are high up in engineering that would love to see me succeed. And I think that's going to, it hasn't really played its role yet, but I just, I just know that it's going to play a role in my future, which I'm really excited about. Yeah, Ben, the people that you're working with, your customers are so, so tied into you. I remember everybody listening, Ben still calls in for deals. $410,000 in sales still calls Kuval for the manager special. I remember Ben, there was one time you called in, you're meeting with some big up, like big dog at, uh, was it SpaceX? And we were on the phone for probably 25 minutes trying to get this guy a killer deal. And I remember the conversation was something to the effect of Kuval, this guy is going to be my network. I need to close this. Like, what can we do for him? Something to that effect. And we went above and beyond for that guy. So that's just one example of, of you doing the right things right from the very beginning to be able to create that group of people. Now, Ben, I know you, not only are you doing well for yourself and obviously you're doing really, really great, but one of the things that I love most about you is that you're always open to sharing and giving. You've taken the most people field training in our entire office since you started, even though you're the busiest with school, extracurriculars, internships, and obviously demonstrations. There's times where you have four, five, six people, not even just from our office, but across the nation hopping onto one of your demos to field train. Why do you want to give back so much? I think the biggest reason why is for me is I want to see a level of success in Cutco that's never been seen before. I love seeing other people succeed. And I have no problem if I succeed and everyone else does as well, as long as I'm succeeding a little bit more. Because again, I'm, I'm very competitive. I'm extremely competitive. So I don't care if everyone else is killing it because I know that it's going to make me better as well. And that's always been my goal. So no matter how good everyone else is, I'm going to work harder than they are. But I'd love to just see people that like are either like considering quitting or like not doing too well and are like need a mindset shift. And I love being able to be like, hey, come watch my demo, come listen to me talk, and this could possibly shift your mindset. And seeing afterwards someone sell a big set that they've never sold before right after my presentation. And I never really realized I had that much of an effect until Kuvi texts me like after I field trained someone like the next day, like, hey, she just sold a signature set. And I'm like, Wow. Katie Lee. Katie yeah, Lee. I, I don't know. There's been a few of those. And like, I don't know if it was just lucky odds or I played a little bit of a factor in that, but if I can play a little bit of a factor, I'm, I'm just happy to. And in terms of the public speaking, I mean, I just, I love public speaking. I love being able to share things that I've learned because I know that the things that I've learned myself, I got from other people that were open to public speaking and other people that recorded videos of them doing presentations. And I remember one video that I watched of a kid who, uh, used to be a college student selling Cutco that changed my demo forever. And without him, I might not have as much success as I did currently. So I want to be that guy for other people because it's already, I've had so many people that have worked so hard to make sure that I could succeed as well. I love that, Ben. You know, you're such a giver, been on national calls as a 19, 20 year old, been on region calls, speaking to people too. 
maybe three times your age, you're kicking so much butt. And I love to see it. And I love you seeing, I love seeing you do so well for yourself as well. Feel free to touch on a couple of things here, my man. I know that last year was obviously great for you also financially as a 19, 20 year old. You don't need to get into really the specifics, obviously, but I know you made just over six figures as a 19, 20 year old last year on a 1099, obviously gross, gross income, not gross. It was fantastic. But Ben, what I want to, what I want to know is for college students that are listening to this, people that are considering selling Cutco, how much of that were you able to save, invest for your future? Tell me a little bit more about the savings, the investments, how much you made, that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, first and foremost, I definitely love to begin with, like, of course, don't expect to come into Cutco and make a hundred thousand dollars after your second year. Cause it's just definitely going to happen for you. I mean, I mean, Obviously, there's a little bit of luck, there's a little bit of not luck in there, a lot of hard work in there, of course. But like everyone succeeds at different levels, but everyone has the opportunity to succeed. And being in Cutco really gave me the opportunity to start off with two investments. I've maxed out my Roth IRA as a think starting when I was 19 for the past three years now, which has been incredible. And I started a cash life insurance policy, which I won't get too much into the details of, but for those of you who know what it is, I can it's also a really great uh, long-term policy. And this year, I've really started building an investment plan. And I plan on investing about, I want to say about $80,000 this year between property, between the stock market, between other long-term IRAs, like a SEP IRA this year. And for me, I'm lucky that college does not cost $60,000 a year as some colleges do, USC to name one. But uh, for me, it only cost me about $30,000, which as I was saying that out loud is a lot, <laughs> of course. But in my head, it's not as much because of the fact that I've worked so hard to achieve a level of success that I can not only pay for school, but I can invest at such an early age to build a, a passive income network. Because a new goal of mine is I'm trying to build a passive income network that no matter what, I can have any career I want. And it doesn't matter if I'm employed or unemployed, that I'll, I'll have enough income to have the lifestyle that I want. So fire, Ben. 19, 20, going to be 21 this summer. Super proud of you, my man. I love you to death. You're such an amazing, amazing, inspirational individual. You know, as we start to, as we start to wind down here, Ben, I want to know, you kind of touched on a little bit towards the end of that, but also real quick, not, no luck was involved in that, Ben. Luck is when opportunity and hard work meet, and that's what you were able to, uh, able to capitalize on last year and even, even to this day. Last question for you, Ben, as you start to wind down and feel free to add some final thoughts onto this as well. What are you most excited about for your future inside of Cutco and outside of Cutco? Inside of Cutco, I'm most excited because I made it my goal this year to be the greatest college student of all time. And for me, that was really inspired by Kyle Lopes, who I think is widely considered the greatest college student of all time currently. So my goal personally is to break all of his records. And that's part of the competitive nature in me. It's part of the that I am trying to do something that no one's done before. But I also really want to inspire others to be like, the limits that have been set currently are not the limits that need to limit you. You can do just about anything in Cutco that you want if you set your mind to. And I really want to open the doors like to like, and set a new bar for others to try and break. And I want to see someone else break my record in the next couple of years. I think that would be incredible as well. Outside of Cutco, I think what most excites me is probably American Ninja Warrior. I mean, I, my goal since I've been little has not been to compete on American Ninja Warrior. My goal is to win American Ninja Warrior. I'm going to be the next American Ninja Warrior, and I'm going to try and make that happen in between, within the next five years. My goal this year was just to get on the show and to really leave an impact so that next year I can compete again. So my goal next year is to get to Vegas and 
we'll see from that. For those of you who don't know about uh, the show too well, Vegas is the national finals. So my goal next year is to get there. And I've been working my butt off ever since the show I finished filming because I'm already thinking of next year. So that I'm, that's probably what I'm most excited about, I'd say. I love that, man. Let's get you to Mars. Bye, everybody. With that being said, we have Ben Cooper, number one college student in the nation. Ben, thanks so much for your time today. Sebastian, it was great to have you on with me hosting. Would you like to say some words to, to wrap? No, that was, that was exciting. So I'm excited for you, Ben. Keep raising the bar for everyone. Thanks for your time. And uh, looking forward to seeing your success in the future as well. I love cool. it. Ben, anything to wrap up? I just want to say thank you guys for taking the time to interview me today. And I just I really appreciate being able to give back to the Cutco community as I, I love doing so. I love it. Thanks, guys. This is your regular host, Dan Cassetta, and I hope you enjoyed this special episode featuring Ben Cooper with Kuvi and Seabass. There was so much good stuff in here, starting with Ben's mindset around and instead of or, and how that's the first key to expanding one's capacity. Ben shared some great stuff on managing his time, focusing on his whys, ideas for success on virtual demos, and so much more. If you listened while driving or otherwise away from taking notes, you can visit changinglivespodcast.com for detailed show notes on this conversation. I want to thank Kuval Patel and Sebastian Mishlevitz for putting this conversation together. Thanks to Ben Cooper for being such an example of the giver mentality in our great company and for showing all of our college student sales reps what the vector opportunity can truly become for anyone. I hope you're all having an amazing day. Thanks for listening. If you got value from today's episode, please share it with others and consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player. Subscribing to the podcast is free and ensures that future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. For access to guest bios, show notes, and other resources, visit changinglivespodcast.com. You can sign up there to receive valuable resources for free from people featured on the podcast. And to support our podcast sponsors, visit changinglivespodcast.com slash deals. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives.